Welcome to Sattva Himalayan Wisdom. In this episode, join Anand where he takes us into this first part exploration of what is consciousness. Before we go into cosmic consciousness, we must deal with consciousness itself. <laughs> yes, before we deal with the adjective of consciousness. So, from a yogic perspective and from any living being's perspective, one of the very most valid definitions of consciousness would be in that where all experience arises. Yes? All experience arises in consciousness through which all experience is known. That is also consciousness. Yes? So the experience arises in consciousness and then it is known in consciousness. The knowing quality of consciousness that we call awareness. Yes? This moment, that is the experience of this moment which is arising within the field of consciousness and then it is being known through the agency of consciousness. The content and the knowing of the content, both consciousness, yes? And through which ultimately all experience is made, of which all experience is made, is consciousness. All experience is fundamentally made up of consciousness, yes? So the field which makes that which makes any experience possible is consciousness. The knowing of the experience is consciousness. The fundamental fabric of all that which is experienced is consciousness. Yes, so in the Bhagavad Gita it says the knower is consciousness. The known is within consciousness. And the process of knowing is consciousness. Yes? Knower, known, and the knowing are all consciousness. And so when we are dealing with the, what this thing called life, it, no matter what we are speaking of, it falls within this category. Yes, the knower, the known, and the process of knowing. So it does not matter what we are speaking of, we are speaking within consciousness. Doesn't matter what we are experiencing, we are experiencing within consciousness. Doesn't matter what we are sensing, what we are seeing, perceiving, thinking, there are all modes, activities within consciousness. There is nothing that we can experience which comes beyond consciousness because that is what the unexperienceable means. That which cannot be experienced means that which cannot come within the field of consciousness. So experience by its essential nature requires consciousness. And life, what we call our life, is fundamentally experience. Yes, the experience of life and the knowing of the experience of life. When we say experience of life, that includes the content of life. Yes, whether we call it our relations, whether it is our job, whether it is our body. Even our body is a content within our consciousness. So, 
As we begin to be totally very clear of that, that the all life is an experience and all experience is made possible by consciousness and all experience for it to be valid has to be known and that is also consciousness. Yes? So, to the degree the individual is aware will, def will make their consciousness state. So, all reports are ultimately reports on the consciousness state of the reporter. So, there can be three people in a room and one is in a dream state, one is sleeping and one is what you might call five sensory wakefulness and uh, within a 15 minute epoch or a half an hour time or one hour time and if you ask them about that hour within that same shared object reality they will have totally different take on what occurred there. Yes or no? A person in different states of consciousness in the same shared object reality will give with the same species, within the same species will give a totally different take on what happened within that hour. Yes? Deep sleep, wakeful, dreaming, mushroom. If you introduce a fourth agent there and you ingest that physiology with certain magic mushrooms. So the fourth person in this the, the place who has ingested some mushroom in the same shared objective reality, members of the same species, similar nervous system, will come up with a totally different report on what occurred in that same shared object reality. Yes or no? You introduced another person who has just had a breakup from a relationship, romantic relationship, because usually those are a little dramatic one for people. That's the fifth person, you introduce that fifth person into that atmosphere and what they would report will be very different even though they all share the same object reality. Members of the same species, yes or no? Now we introduce an elephant into the scenario. The, if we could understand the elephant his report on what was occurring in that hour will be very, very different. Yes or no? That version of reality which is being perceived, experienced, known by the nervous system which is embodied by the elephant is totally valid for the members of that species. There is a total life there with its own laws, with its own intelligence, with its own beginning, middle and end. A complete life with its different rules and regulations. The elephant rules are different than human rules. Yes or no? We as a, we can have, being outside of that nervous system, we can interact with the elephant and but within the, we ultimately remain oblivious to really what is the elephant universe look like. Yes or no? What does a butterfly universe look like? Let us introduce a butterfly into that one hour scenario and that experience of that butterfly is totally valid for that butterfly. So that what is being experienced there, what is reality for that butterfly is totally valid for the member of that species. Are you aware of what I'm saying? 
But naturally what occurs is through this complex nervous system, which is of the human species, it experience accompanies an arrogant idea and ownership of experience occurs. An attachment to the content of the experience occurs. And that attachment to the content of experience starts to build what we call a personality. The sense of our mundane description of who I am is nothing more than an attachment to the content which has ar arrived within the field of our consciousness. So if we begin to describe who we are, we fundamentally describe ourselves within the context of the content which has been within the field of our consciousness. Yes or no? The known. So the knower is defined within the context of the known. Known being the content which the knower experienced within his or her field of consciousness. So I was born in such a such place. I was this color or my mother or my father and this happened and that happened. The knower is describing himself or herself within the context of the content which the knower experienced. Yes or no? And as, we, as the knower's consciousness state changes, if you, the same question is put to the knower, who are you? The knower describes himself and herself differently depending on what is the content in the consciousness field of the knower. Like when somebody asks you, how are you? It's a very loaded question. <laughs> if you really start to describe it, like, do you really want to know? <laughs> the short answer is, I'm okay. It's a lie. Are you really my friend? You have nothing better to do? Yes. Then I will tell you how I really am. <laughs> and then the speaker proceeds to describe how he or, he or she really is based on the content he or she is experiencing within the field of his or own consciousness. So when you say, how are you, we are really speaking of what is the content that we are knowing within the field of consciousness. But let's say you are in a content scenario where this explanation arises that how are you and it's like, I am miserable. And that miserable is based on a certain content being identified with within your own consciousness state. Yes or no? And that explanation only makes sense to the members of your own consciousness species. That explanation makes no sense to the elephant. Within your own consciousness species, there has to be a certain shared values for that story to make sense. Certain common denominators in the listener and the speaker. There has to be certain level of unity points. Yes or no? It's like if you start describing to a villager who is living, let's say, in... Uh, here, everybody has phones now. But let's say you are in a place where there is no internet. It's hard to find, but there are still some places. Yes? And so you ask... And you begin to describe the problem that you're having based upon how somebody wrote some negative comments on your post. called you some funny names because that's what internet does. It makes everybody courageous. 
So, but for that miserable story to make sense to the individual, he or she has to have a certain level of unity with you on the level of content. If he or she has never interacted with this thing called, this entity called internet, and within the internet, this entity called social media, and within the social media, this entity is called Mark Zuckerberg, then you, that person has no clue of what you're talking about. To him, this model of reality where somebody posting something negative on your picture has no meaning whatsoever. Are you aware of what I'm saying or not? He's like, what are you talking about? No, you know there is this thing called internet. Where does it exist? It's in the atmosphere. Where in the atmosphere? Doesn't matter, it just exists. Just imagine a place. <laughs> just imagine if you had to explain this village man somewhere up in the isolated locations of Himalayas or in Africa who has never interacted with this entity called internet, how hard pressed you would be to explain to him that you are pissed because somebody put a thumb down on your YouTube video. So, as for a story to make sense, there has to be certain level of shared content within our own consciousness field. If we don't have shared content within our own consciousness field, it's difficult to have communication. And hence we find very difficult for people who have age gaps. What is age gap is nothing but content gap within the consciousness field. Yes or no? A, a con an awareness field being exposed to a certain content and they have a different consciousness state being exposed to a different content. Father goes one place, child goes another place. They try and come back in the evening, try to have a conversation, but they have been exposed to totally different content. Their value system is totally different. And when they try to talk, it makes no sense. They don't make sense to each other. Yes or no? Because it is based on the what content is being exposed? What the consciousness field? What is the content the consciousness field is knowing? And if the, the knower only knows himself within the context of the content, then the knower is always limited by what he or she is being exposed to. Are you aware with me or not? So, what we call reality or what we call the universe is all being experienced within the consciousness state of the experiencer. For that experience to be made possible in a shared reality, there has to be another nervous system which has a certain level of shared content. If it does not have shared content on any level, then communication becomes difficult. Yes or no? But all values of experience, all versions of that reality are totally valid within the experiencer's knowing field. Yes or no? That's why our problems make total sense to us. And when somebody giggles on your problem, you get a little bit triggered. So for you to have a problem, it has to have an anchor in you, in your incorrect intellect, within your own consciousness state. So irrespective of 
what is the interpretation of the experience irrespective of what is the content, the knower of the content takes total ownership of that content and identifies with that content. Even though to the other awareness field, it might be absolutely gibberish. It makes no sense like a Democrat and a Republican in America. So all modes of experience, all knower, every knower, whatever he or she knows, takes ownership of the known and identifies with that. That identification is what we call the personality disorder. now. <laughs> this identification with the content within the knower's field is what we call ego. Yes? Ego consciousness. So, as we begin to realize this, that all experience is made possible by consciousness, hmm? all knowing is made possible by consciousness, all experience ultimately, the fundamental building block of all experience is consciousness. As now new science speaks and confirms that there is no such thing as a thing. What we call things are nothing but events within the space-time field, which is the experience or experiences. There is nothing static in our visible universe. All we have are events, which at a certain level of observation by the observer appear as static values. Whether you take a glass or a rock or a car or a tree, they appear at a certain level of observation by the observer. When we talk about observation, we have to presuppose it pre-includes observer. Yes or no? It is the observer observing at a particular level of observation which gives the world its objective reality. You dial in the observation and the reality immediately changes. Yes or no? whether it is through a microscopic tool, what you start to find there is the so-called unified whole disappears and what emerges there is systems or colonies or neighborhoods. As you dial in deeper, even more neighborhoods appear. As you keep dialing in, more and more neighborhoods, clusters, yes? Molecular, cellular clusters, atomic clusters, subatomic clusters, and ultimately you end up to a dimension which is not local, doesn't exist. Yes or no? So all these values are all here. They are not somewhere else. That from which everything is emerging is where. It's not in some isolated value, it is here. Just at a different level of observation. Yes? Different level of knowing, different consciousness state. Are you with me or not? So, this dilemma which is there in the West, in the materialist interpretation, which has become a really gripped a lot of people still, the materialist interpretation because why the materialist interpretation is popular? Because it enhances our five sensory experience. Yes or no? The materialist interpretation of reality enhances our five sensory experience on, and a five sensory experience is on the level of predictable reality. 
motorcycle, fan, you switch on the fan and voila, fan comes on. So it, we can verify it very consistently on our five sensory level. So when that same model is, starts to try to explain something which actually it can't explain, the untrained will immediately believe that first. Why? Because at a certain grosser level of life, you verify the knowledge that they speak of. Yes or no? So the classical physics or the classical science or classical methodology of under understanding and living life is very, very valid at a certain level of reality. I mean, we are using it right now. Yes or no? And that's the trap. Because we are using it right now and it enhances our five sensory experience, I mean, fundamentally, that's what science started to do. It started to expand our five sensory capacity, what we could, the range of experience that we could have. Yes or no, this light and the sound, cell phones, uh, air travel, it is all about enhancing the range of experience at a certain level of observed reality. Now, if you take the same model of understanding life and you try to apply it at the fundamental question of life, you run into a dilemma. And what you end up with is a very reductionist approach and dogmatic approach. So the materialistic approach to consciousness is what? That it is something that emerges from unconscious entities when they reach a certain level of critical mass of cluster. It just all of a sudden just says, hey, we are conscious now. So it's actually a way of saying that we have no clue. It's just a roundabout way of saying we don't know. Do you comprehend or not? So what is this, that materialist interpretation of consciousness is that consciousness is generated by brain. Brain is made up of fundamental particles which have no consciousness. Yes, fundamental particles have no consciousness and all scientists agree to that, that fundamental particles have no consciousness. Molecules don't have any consciousness. But somehow single-celled organisms have no consciousness. But when that unconscious entity reaches a certain level of cluster or colony, consciousness just emerges like just a byproduct. <laughs> it's a very absurd approach. Do you understand or not? Totally absurd. And they, it is. They back it up by saying that when your brain function drops down, you cannot have consciousness experience. So do you see consciousness experience that has certain brain electromagnetic activity? Yes or no? But that is just a correlate. It is not causation. Are you with me? So when you are talking about, when the materialist scientists are talking about brain activity and equating it with consciousness states and Confusing that as that brain producing consciousness, it is totally arbitrary take because it is not showing causation, it is showing correlation. It's like a cell phone. When you take a cell phone and you remove certain parts of your iPhone Pro, <laughs> and right now you talk to somebody who you might like or not, you have to talk to them sometimes, far, far away from you. And there is a certain, that person is not in the phone, but you, that person appears on the phone. Yes or no? 
And if you were to examine the phone, there would be certain activity within the phone, certain electromagnetic activity, because what you're really receiving, that picture, is nothing but an, uh, embedded, yes? It's embedded in the electromagnetic field with your phone receives, decodes, and voila, that person is in your gadget. But is he really? So you would be extremely naive to say, well, the person is in the gadget. Why? Look, the gadget is active and the person is there. If I remove this, the person disappears. Pro hence proved that this gadget made that person. Because when that person is here, this gadget is active. Yes, it has certain charge. Look, gadget dies. Where is the person? Gone. Hence, I prove that everybody lives in my iPhone. <laughs> and when my iPhone dies, everybody dies with it. Yes? If you can prove me wrong, tell me. Where is that person? Tell me where is that person. Locate. Well, come with me. We'll take you where that person is. No, I want that person here. Show me here. But you have to expand from where you're observing. No, I want to maintain my rigid positionality. I want to keep observing at the same parameter of observation. I'm unwilling to change from where I'm observing. You have to prove here where is that person. Show it to me in the phone. But the phone is dead. Well, that's what I said. The phone is dead, so is the person. Doesn't exist. The person emerges only as the phone emerges. That's the materialist model of consciousness in a technological way, very elegantly explained by me. Sounds so obvious to us that how that positionality is so arbitrary, but it is fascinating that that positionality is popular science still. Yes or no? So there is a strong conflict still, there is a strong identity with the body-based reality. That consciousness is something that is generated by the brain. It's a, such a strange take that unconscious subatomic particles, unconscious fundamental particles come together and all of a sudden birth this thing called consciousness which has no model before. It has no model. Are you aware of what I'm saying? So whenever we are, when we are talking about any innovation or creation in the material-based reality, it has a certain model. So that's why we call innovation. Yes or no? Or what is called discovery, meaning it was existing before and then somebody kind of, oh, wow, this plant, if you take it, you have an experience, you discovered coffee beans. Or, oh, E is equal to MC square. Yes or no? So it already existed. So how can consciousness, I mean, consciousness is the model. The unconscious cannot have the model of consciousness. How do you have a model of consciousness from unconsciousness? Like absolutely inert matter, how does the model of consciousness emerge all of a sudden? It can't. You can't make consciousness up. That's all you have is consciousness. It is the fundamental fabric of existence is consciousness. It is from where all experience arises. It is from where all knowing is happening. It is from where 
all that is, is made possible, is through consciousness. Yes or no? And we are consciousness. Where do we emerge from? From that cosmic field. That field which is not local. When we say not local, meaning it is not within space and time. The consciousness field is subtler than space and time. For space and time are also experiences within consciousness. So it is not the field that we speak of, Satchitananda, the field of consciousness is not within space and time. It is subtler than space and time. It gives birth to space and time. Are you aware of what I'm saying? For time now, if you talk to any physicist, if you ask them, does time really exist in the way we experience it? The answer would be no. No. No, it doesn't. Time itself is an emergent phenomena at a certain level of observation. When you reach a certain level of critical mass of observation, you find all of a sudden this entity progressing in a linear manner following certain laws of nature and we call that entity time. You dial down the observation, time disappears. Yes or no? So for there to be time, there has to be a certain grosser level of observation and there has to be certain level of ignorance. If there was a nervous system which could compute all the variables simultaneously in a living universe, then for him or her, time would cease to exist. For there to be time, there has to be certain level of ignorance on the level of the observer. Yes, if the observer is simultaneously able to observe the entire intergalactic universe with all its variables, time would cease to exist. So the arrow of time itself requires a certain level of observer ignorance. If the observer does not have that level of ignorance, time disappears. It changes. And we know that from intimately from our own experience that what we call time, it changes the way it flows through us. Yes or no? And in, even on the objective reality, that was the great insight of Einstein in the Western world that depending on the observer location of the individual, how the time was experienced and how the time was flowing was different depending on who the individual was and what were their, their location. So when we're talking about consciousness field, it is the subtlest expression of life, of who we are. It is subtler than space and time. Space and time emerge from it. In the observable physical universe, we talk about now, the scientists are talking about that non-local dimension from where subatomic particles come in and out of existence spontaneously. Yes or no? And if we ask them where that location is, what do they find? Well, it's, we don't know. It is subtler than space and time. It does not exist in space and time. For there to be space and time, there has to be something. It's not a thing. It generates things, but it is not a thing. Yes or no? It is at all places, at all times. It does not come and go. Things come and go from it. It does not come and go. Sounds very much like God. Yes? Not the Abrahamic God because he came and then left on a holiday, on a long weekend.
But if you take the weekend out of it, and you just assume that he stayed here, didn't leave, and got embedded into the reality, did not make reality, but got embedded in it, became it instead of making it. Yes? So the consciousness is not making it, it is becoming it. God is not making it, it's becoming it. Do you understand me? When you begin to see this, then we begin to really get closer understanding of our own cosmic nature. What the nature of consciousness is cosmic, meaning it is not local, it is not within space and time, it is subtler than space and time. All modes of consciousness emerge from it whether you talk about the consciousness state, all consciousness species, whether the consciousness of the butterfly or the caterpillar or the elephant or the leopard, the tiger or the cow or the human, they are all species of consciousness. Yes or no? All these species of consciousness are emerging from that cosmic field of consciousness. This cosmic field of consciousness curls within itself and emerges as these different modes of its own nature, different aspects of its own nature. And one of the aspects of its nature of that cosmic consciousness field is this entity called Homo sapien, which has a specific complex nervous system, very distinct from the nervous system of an ant. Yes or no? An ant universe is a very elegant universe when viewed from the point of view of the ant. Sometimes I wonder, does the ant think, what are these people doing? I wish I was human. So I could be worried about the dislikes on my page. <laughs> or I could talk about my girlfriend problems or boyfriend problems. You think ants have boyfriend problems and girlfriend problems? <laughs> Find out. <laughs> so, all this content which we take so personally and so seriously, we need to begin to hold it less tightly. Thank you for listening to Sattva Himalaya Wisdom. To stay inspired and explore more, subscribe and follow the links below.